What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who knows a good deal when he sees one, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. It's the difference between cheap and frugal. I can agree with that. Now, you and I both have full-time jobs and our kids are grown. So our financial need seems to have grown with the children. And God (laughs) bless us. You've always been able to provide for us. And we spent so many years trying to get all the ends to meet so that way we can afford Catholic education along with me staying home. It got tight at times, and I think we got very good at being frugal, as I like to call it. Absolutely. Even though I'm the one that's called out by the family that I'm cheap, but (laughs) I think it gets us further. And, you know, I and I and I always feel kind of a gratification that uh, one, I I thank the Lord for finding a deal. And two, I just think I bet that money is going to be used for something important. So we save some money. It's probably going to go to something valuable. But that's the way I look at it. Now, maybe that's, maybe that's an overzealous deacon's look. No doubt. Now, recently, you and I were walking the aisles of our favorite consignment shop. We went there without anything in mind. Like, we didn't have an, anything that we needed for the house. We have really everything that we need. In fact, I think I'd prefer to get rid of things. And yet, as we walked the aisles of this store, well, we found a chair. And... Uh, We look at this and go, why do we need a chair? But we did have a place that this could go. We were missing something. And when we get that thought, though, I think both you and I go through this in our minds. Why am I buying this chair? Is it just because I want to buy stuff? And we do. We get that little bit of a high, don't we? Mm -hmm. When you find something that you want, you find stuff. But then we also have that thought in our minds like, okay, how are we going to use this? This is not what we came in for. So this is going to be a splurge. Are we just wanting to fill that? I need stuff kind of desire, or is God helping us to find something that we really need and still use the resources and blessing that he's given us in a good way? Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I don't need anything and I'm typically the one that doesn't necessarily get stuff. But when I, when I do, I think it's a shock to the family. Oh, dad's getting something. So yeah, I had no intention to buy something in the store, but found a chair and it is a perfect man's 50 year old <laughs> chair. I'm 56, but it, it definitely has the look of, of a 50 year oldish person. But I, I need a, a nicer chair for my office because I am in that chair now uh, the bulk of the mm-hmm. week since we've had our daughter and son-in-law move in with their with their our new grandbaby so we we moved some things around and i just needed to upgrade the chair that i've had that i've had for oh my gosh i think it's been a decade plus and the kids have just i've re reworked that chair to keep it going and i think there's duct tape on the armrest <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it is important for us no matter what we are looking for we try to use that gift of prudence mm. right and that We do find, though, that there are times where we let our desires for something because it feels good. Where you have had a bad week, you go to the store, you want to do, the term is retail therapy. (laughs) 
That's the wrong way Mm -hmm. to go about purchasing things. And people get themselves in a lot of debt. And so we are constantly trying to remind ourselves how important it is to be prudent about the gifts God gives us and to use the blessing of the salaries that we receive from our jobs to live accordingly. Use it for the things that we need. Use it to help others. Use it to support our church. And everything has its right order. And I think what we need to do as I've said before, listening to your third person voice that the Holy Spirit speaks through, but I think that's also really our our opening to hear our guardian angel who interacts and wants to interact with us every day, every moment, but how often we just kind of set that thought aside, especially for cradle Catholics and we said that guardian angel prayer all of our childhood, we just kind of don't think about, mm-hmm. oh, I need, I need to make a discerning um, thought here would I ask my guardian angel to help me do that or not? If you remember back in the day when we would watch cartoons, and there was always that cartoon with the little angel. There was a little, mm-hmm. you know, temptation angel and then the good holy angel, and they were both kind of in each ear, right? So who were we listening to? If you think about it, well, our guardian angel is there trying to help guide us, trying to help direct us, protecting us. And so we... And, should be listening better than we do. I like how you said tempting angel. That's a, that's a good way to, a softer way to put it, that it's a demon. Yeah. And that our guardian angels actually confront and intercede on our behalf against demons that are sent against us. So, you know, I think the saints have pointed that out many, many times over the years. So it just is something to think about, especially this week as we had the feast of guardian angels uh, on October 2nd. So it's, just a valuable thing to bring to mind, a valuable person, or I, I should say an angel, um, the being that the angel is, uh, uniquely created and uniquely um, formed to do God's will like we are. And yet we get to cooperate. And that angel begins that moment of cooperation the moment that we are conceived until the moment that we die. So always with us. We might not always be mindful or aware or, or even wanting to engage, yet we should be. So it's a good time to just reflect on that and think about how you, your guardian angel can be your friend. So we do not have a special guest today other than our friend, St. Padre Pio. After the break, we have a, going to have a discussion because Padre Pio recognized the power and friend and guardian he had in his guardian angel. So stay with us. We've got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. And now- Please join me, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, and the listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in our battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com forward slash prayer or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's materdayradio.com forward slash prayer. Hello and welcome to Catholic Bite 60 Seconds, where 2,000 years of faith and tradition is explained one minute at a time. I'm Father Tim Furlow of the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Today we're going to talk about grace. Inevitably, all of us get into a situation where we need help. And when we've exhausted all the human help around us, usually somebody says, Hey, you know what you need? You need to pray for the grace to do it. So, what does that mean? Because it kind of sounds like a really cold exchange of money. Like, hey, you out of money? Hit Jesus up. He's got five bucks. The old God is a slot machine, and when we pray, we're really just hoping our numbers come up. That is not it at all. There are several types of grace and many effects that grace has on us, but at its core, it's the literal, actual being and presence of God. It's God himself personally flowing into our being and permanently healing and changing us. Doesn't get much more personal than that. I'm Father Tim Furlow, and this is Catholic Bites 60 Second. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. I always smile and laugh when I had the opportunity to talk with Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, who is the rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. He told me that there is a tradition where when a priest is ordained, that uh, God provides them an additional guardian angel to sanctify and keep holy their ordination and priesthood. And then he laughed and he said, and Brenda, I think from time to time, you need a second guardian angel too. <laughs> and I laugh because I think, boy, the, the different things that I seem to get myself into or thoughts or situations, I must have worn out my guardian angel sometimes because I feel like I've been so protected and yet I have just done things. I've been bungee jumping the things that my guardian angel probably would be thinking to themselves. Why are you doing this? Because I'm with you. Right, right. No, I think that's fair to, to say that there's moments in our lives when we look back, we might think about filtering that with the notion that maybe that was my guardian angel that was helping me in that moment. I'll tell you a, a perfect time for me that I remember of uh, being in Washington, D.C. and traveling after a, a movie. I stayed, I stayed out late to watch a movie and I had to head back to the hotel room and I had to get on the subway, the, the metro, to get back there. Well, I went down the stairs uh, to the metro and I got to the bottom and there was no one there uh, but a couple of people way at the far end. And when I got down to the bottom of the stairs, I just had this notion, well, you need to turn around. You need to go back out and get a taxi. So I turned right back around. I walked back out. I had to pay to get back out. And I went and I got a, an Uber 
back to the hotel. And I thought, wow, why did I do that? I'm not typically skittish about walking through cities. And I do it quite often in the job that I have with the federal government. But there was something there. And I think my guardian angel was actually, you know, picking at my brain saying, hey, you got something you need to be mindful of. Don't go any further. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily think of that when I was going through that at the moment. But in reflection, I think it was clearly an insight that was given to me in that moment that this is a danger. You're in a dangerous area. You need to leave now. I didn't even hesitate. Just turn right around and left. Scott, for you and I, too, I recall a situation last year when you and I had an opportunity to visit Medjugorje. And on our trip home, we ended up going through Croatia Mm. and we spent an evening out. We had gone out because we had one night only to be there. We got a little bit turned around and we ended up going through some dark areas. And I quite honestly got a little upset about being in a foreign country, not knowing where we were, it was dark, it was raining, and you kept calm and got us to where we needed to be. But again, looking back, I recognize our guardian angels working together Mm. to get us to where we needed to be. And uh, they work constantly for us. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think any, any parent that's listening to this radio show probably can attest to a moment in their children's lives that they can point to where they were just amazed that something didn't worse or something didn't occur that would be worse than what happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have that memory of our kids when we were going up sledding up near Mount Hood. And we did that every year with those kids, um, bringing their snowboards up and snowboards that, that only lasted the season. They'd use them so much. Well, we ended up at this one spot and had a, a steep hill and the kids were all going down it. Well, one of our daughters uh, was going down and she just kind of got out of control and she started heading for this, this stump, this little stick that was sticking up out of the ground. Couldn't have been bigger than maybe like a baseball bat, but she was heading right for it. And I remember my friend and I just panicking, like we were running down the hill to try to stop her, but there was no way we could get there. And at the very last moment, we both saw that that sled actually just nudged to the side and she grazed that stump with her face. Mm-hmm. She was headed straight for it. Something happened there. And I, and I'm just, and I took a picture of it. I, I was amazed that she was just scraped, but I believe firmly that our, her guardian angel was involved in that moment. Now other people can go, Oh no, just luck. Well, I don't, I don't buy that. Exactly. Yeah. And how many times do things go Exactly according to plan. Mm. When times when we would never even think that our guardian angel had anything to do with it because we got exactly where we needed to be on time without a hitch, something happened and you avoided some kind of major accident just behind you by a little bit. We just say, oh, well, my lucky day. But do we ever stop and say that there's no luck? There's, it's God's providence. It's our guardian angels making sure that our lives go according to how we expect it. We should always recognize that even at the end of the day, Lord, thank you for this day. Everybody is safe. Everybody is healthy. My guardian angel, thank you for your protection today to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think very much within our spiritual life, um, particularly as Catholics, we should be aware of this because even from the beginning of the church, uh, the idea and the understanding of the importance of the guardian angel in our lives 
was was constantly brought forward through the early church fathers. Uh, St. Jerome is one of those who brought forward the notion that he says, how great is the dignity of souls that each person has from birth received an angel to protect it. So that's St. Jerome back in the, in the third century, I believe. And that was from the very beginning of the church, this understanding, this continuation of awareness that Christ emphasized within his uh, ministry, but also comes out of our um, brothers and sisters in the Jewish tradition. There is, there is an awareness of angels, but particularly Jesus makes it clear that that we have this guardian angel, we have this supporter in our lives. And he himself in the Garden of Gethsemane calls upon and is, is ministered to by the angels to help him endure what he had to endure in the garden. And today we were just, I was just praying uh, the rosary. And on Tuesdays and Fridays, we remember that moment that Christ was in the garden. And so when we think of that moment, thinking that Yes, there's Jesus. We can maybe picture Jesus in the garden. Maybe we can even picture him, uh, the blood coming, sweating from his forehead. Uh, but do we picture that there, he's surrounded by angels who are ministering to him? And I think that is what we are all invited into uh, receiving because we inherit all that Christ has been given by the Father. And we inherit that as well. Angels minister to us constantly, and we ought to be mindful and thankful when they do. Scott, one of the things that we talked about, too, on the Morning Blend this week on the Feast of the Guardian Angels is how every person, and you've said this, every person is assigned a guardian angel. Now, whether you believe it or not, whether you are a Christian or not, every person has a guardian angel. Now, you think about that when you run across difficult people in your daily life. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Maybe you're in a conflict with a neighbor. And as much as you may have a dislike for that person, recognize that they have a guardian angel too. Maybe there's a difficult discussion that is coming up or you're being confronted with. Did you know that you can ask your guardian angel to converse with their guardian angel Mm -hmm. to be influences, to calm and come to resolution a situation? I read that and I went, that's phenomenal. That's just an incredible idea to think of a realm where angels exist, where they can converse and help influence our lives where we don't even see them. It's a true gift that God gives all of us. Right, right. No, absolutely. And I, you know, um, St. John Vianney, one who just, you know, his, what a tremendous story. And, And many of us know his story, but, but he's the patron saint of priests and he's, He's one who depended on his friends weren't, weren't the ones that he was depending on to, to get through what he needed to do. Uh, he knew he was being called to the priesthood and he leaned on his guardian angel to, in, in, to help him in his journey. And he says, our guardian angels are our most faithful friends because they are with us day and night, always and everywhere. We oft, we ought to often invoke them. And, that I'm sure gave him strength when he was being denied by the by even the church to enter into the priesthood until finally there was the church that that was able to embrace him and relent to allow him to come in because someone saw that no oh, this man is destined to be a priest and destined to be a confessor that will make changes in the world and we all know the history of John Vianney but he he very much focused on that need of a friend 
in the guardian angel. To emphasize the point that you made about our guardian angels being able to help us with one another, the St. Jose Maria Escriva says, if you remembered the presence of your angel and the angels of your neighbors, you would avoid many of the foolish things which slip into your conversations. So mm-hmm. like you said, you know, that there's a, there is an opportunity when we're frustrated with someone to recognize they have a guardian angel that God has assigned to them. And in respect of that understanding, does it cause us pause enough to say to our guardian angel, help me to communicate because this person frustrates me beyond belief. Communicate with his or her guardian angel and help us to have a conversation that brings life, not death. Scott, I think that's also about the time for me when I get in those conversations where my guardian (laughs) angel puts her hand over my mouth because I have got to hold my tongue for sure. Well, even Pope Francis had talked about in his pontificate the role of guardian angels and the close relationship that we should have with our guardian angels. In fact, in the homily, he gives us some questions and asks all of us about do we recognize and do do we do these things with regards to our guardian angel? Here's some of what he says. He asks you, do you ask, how is my relationship with my guardian angel? Do you have that guardian angel relationship, that friendship relationship? Do you pray every day to them? Or as we grow into adulthood, guardian angel does kind of feel like one of those things that is for little kids. Right, right. I, I just came out of confession with this clarity of mind that I need to ask my guardian angel to be my friend. Mm-hmm. And it was something I just did after I finished praying um, that as I was walking out, I just asked the question and then I put it to my mind. I, I want to know you. I want to be your friend. I honestly did that. And it was just, it was an intimate moment for me to have the humility to say that. Thanks be to God. And ask. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I have, I, I've never I've never experienced anything mystical like some of the saints have experienced with regard to Padre Pio particularly. And he's, he's just somebody who uh, inspires so many people, me included in my diaconal work. But I want to have that relationship mm. with my guardian angel. I think that's something we should desire in our heart to have a relationship with our guardian angel in a way that is meaningful, mindful, and ever present in our lives throughout the day. Pope Francis also posed questions like, do I listen to my guardian angel? And if we're going to ask for their help, we got to be willing to listen for them. And if there's a lot of noise going around and you're filling your life up with all kinds of noise and stuff and social media, it's going to be harder to listen to and be influenced by your guardian angel. Do I bid him a good day in the morning? Do I thank him for guarding me when I sleep? I pray to my angel at night, especially after seeing some movies. I cannot tolerate spooky movies. Here we are in October. It (laughs) seems like commercials are all over the place about just awful movies. Those really affect me. They affect a lot of people. It puts something in your mind and I get nightmares because of that. And I've woken up in the middle of the night and I prayed to my guardian angel. I prayed to St. Michael too please get this away from me. It is disrupting me and I don't need it in my mind. Yeah. I look back at our lives now that we're in our fifties and when we were kids and young adults, uh, teenagers, we, we, we experienced some of the, the, the cutting edge horror movies like Friday the 13th, Halloween, uh, Amityville horror, 
The Exorcist. Mm. You know, these movies that we would go to the movie theater and watch because we wanted to have that adrenaline rush of being scared. Uh, I have absolutely no desire and I have a better understanding than I did when I was a kid. So we try and, and instill that in our kids, our young adult kids now that, you know, don't, don't be led into watching those because they're hard to unsee and they can actually affect you in a way that uh, you wouldn't realize. The subtle undertow that comes with desensitizing an individual mm-hmm. to the awareness and to the gravity of what is evil. And if we become desensitized to that, then, then it, it becomes something that just be, is, is every day. And I remember uh, going up and when we had the red boxes, that was a big thing, right? And, and you'd stand in line and you'd wait for going to get your, your uh, DVD. And there was a mom with a little girl. She was 11 years old. And, you know, if you remember pressing the button on the screen, you, you pick your genre. And she, they had it on horror. They, she had picked horror. And this little 11-year-old girl, she went through and she goes, no, I've seen that. I've seen that. No, I, that one I've seen twice. And she was going through this list of these horror films. And the mom turned around to me because I was standing behind them. And she just kind of smiled at me. And she goes, yeah, she just loves these horror films. And I was shocked. Hmm. I was shocked. And, I, and I, it really emphasized on me how far afield uh, parenting has come in, in some respects to where there's not even a remembrance of what is it that we should be focusing on, not only for ourselves, but for our children especially. And uh, yeah, that just brings to mind how to, how to be mindful of that. Our guardian angel does not want us putting that in front of our eyes unnecessarily. And I think I, I've counseled people who, in fact, one man, he was in the, the horror movie business and it, it affected him so much that he had come for spiritual direction for probably six months. We worked together mm-hmm. and he was able to pull out from a lot of that. But it just becomes so uh, unfree. It's binding. It takes our freedom. It steals our freedom our freedom to be peace, peaceful and not have nightmares and not be afraid of the dark and not be afraid of situations because we've seen movies that put us in a mindset. Oh, most definitely. And again, there's that pull, that temptation. Oh, look at how intriguing this is. But always be aware, always be on your guard and always listen to the advice and the guidance of your guardian angel. Scott, before we go, can you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for this moment to just take time to recognize the many gifts that you give us, not least of which is our guardian angel. Help us to ask this week for an awareness of our guardian angel and to become more uh, intimate friends with our guardian angels and all the work that we do throughout our day this week. We ask your presence and our, your prayers in our lives And we do this all in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.